What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith from ESPN. This is former world champion boxer Showtime Sean Porter. Hey, this is Booby Gibson. I'm Josh Craven. Hi, this is Joe Tate, voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And you're listening to Sports Power Talk. You listen to Sports Power Talk. And keep listening, or it'll be wham with the right hand. Ladies and gentlemen, live from the University of Akron, WZIP Sports presents the best sports talk show this side of Lake Erie. No question, with all due respect. This is Sports Power Talk. With the latest in sports news. Your Akron Zips are the 2022 MAC champions. The Zips have defeated the Kent State Electric Chicken. In-depth analysis. Astrology for women is equal to what Joe Rogan is for men. <laughs> have you ever tried DMT? <laughs> and of course, the hottest takes. He's just bad. Let me tear your labrum and you can go on the You know what? (laughs) It's only a game. Why you have to be mad? Just the same old Browns! You know, bro. Hold on, bitch. I think that was textbook top cheese. Cleveland! This is for you! From the best that Ohio sports has to offer to the best of the Akron Zips. Now it's time for SPT. We are live from the University of Akron. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the best sports talk show there is, was, and ever will be. This is the June 12th edition of Sports Power Talk. My name is Jake Murin, your favorite Baker Mayfield supporter and the man behind the desk hosting today's show. Joining me today are my analysts. First, he is the great basketball mind and bracketologist, of WZIP Sports. He is Jeff Longville. Good morning, everybody. Next, it is the return of the man who can talk about baseball just as much as I can. He's also an NHL, USFL, and all-around sports guy. He is Pat Weber. Good morning. All right, now that you know who we are, let me break down what we have in store for you all today. At 1230, we will wrap up the show as we always do by breaking down the biggest storylines in baseball. We'll have our Player of the Week segment talk about the latest within the Guardians organization and draft our own positions for the All-Star Game. Also, the first pitch of the Guardians game today is at 1135 a.m., so we will be keeping you up to date all show long about that. In an hour, there won't be a roast of Logan Congrove, but we will still have some great coverage and analysis of the NBA Finals. In half an hour, we'll kick off the basketball conversation by talking about LeBron James and the Utah Jazz. But let's kick it off as we usually do with the NFL Even with very few NFL headlines and news two weeks ago, we still barely managed to fit our NFL segment last week into a half an hour. This week, we have a ton of news in the NFL to talk about, so we might go over 30 minutes, but that's okay. Let's get it started with some not-so-exciting news, though, on our very own Cleveland Browns. Let's talk about Baker Mayfield. I introduced myself as the biggest Baker Mayfield supporter. I think I'm the only one left up here at WZIP Sports. Shout out Dan Groh, and I think he might be the only one left too with me. But Baker Mayfield, he was officially excused from minicamp. It was a mutual decision between him and the team. This come as a shocker to you guys, and what would you make of it? Absolutely not. I think that excusing him from minicamp, it gets rid of a distraction that was going to be there if he was there. And they're still looking to move on from him, so there's really no reason for him to be there. And it it doesn't negatively reflect on him. It's not like he was saying, I don't want to be here, so I'm not going to show up. It was a mutual decision for him to be excused from minicamp. I completely agree. The team didn't even want him there. Right, right. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, 
it's mutual. It's what's best for the Browns at this point because Baker Mayfield, honestly, might be a bit of a distraction. Um, overall, I'm not really surprised by this whatsoever. Where do you think Baker Mayfield will play next? I don't think he's going to step on the field with the Browns uniform ever again. I think that depends on if they trade him and then where they trade him. Because right now, honestly, it's looking like the best chance of probably Carolina for the mm-hmm. Panthers. Um, so I'd probably say Carolina, maybe Seattle if they ever end up pursuing that. And if neither one of those teams come around, then I don't know, maybe like Detroit as a backup for <laughs> a couple of years. I'm just throwing it out there because I don't really know too many. Uh, as a backup? I don't really know any teams backup, that. Uh, Jared Goff? Listen, I don't know any teams that really need a quarterback that yeah. bad. It's ruthless. Yeah, I kind of agree with Pat. I say either Carolina or Seattle, but apparently, if he goes to Carolina, Robbie Anderson might retire from the NFL. So okay, those two things were never correlated. Just because he <laughs> right, doesn't want Baker right, Mayfield, but, it's, it's, but it's he might theory. retire. It's, it's, a, a, it's a theory. Okay, there's a lot of logic behind the theory. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. But he did not say he will retire if Baker Mayfield joins the Panthers. He just probably won't play for the Panthers again if Baker Mayfield goes. I mean, to Carolina. Even if Baker Mayfield doesn't go to Carolina, he might retire. I mean, the team is in shambles. Sam Darnold isn't the answer. That he, Robbie Anderson, his whole career, has played with non-efficient like, quarterbacks. He was he's with been the Jets. Sam Darnold his whole career. Right, he was much. with the Jets. This is rough. Now he's on the Panthers, yeah. He's had a rough career. Good wide receiver, but had a rough career in terms of QB play. So I wouldn't be surprised if he retires. He's probably just sick of it at this point. But other QB news out of Cleveland here. Deshaun Watson, of course, unfortunately... Uh, the New York Times reported on Tuesday that Watson booked massage appointments with at least 66 women over 17 months. The Texans also enabled some of the alleged sexual misconduct by providing NDAs to Watson to give to the masseuses to sign. The Browns opted not to void his contract. His contract, And, you know, after we got Watson... Everything kind of seemed in a lull. We were all kind of starstruck by the player and by the deal without really going into what actually happened. And now I feel like it's only getting worse. And this mess that the Browns got themselves into has only gotten worse. Um, Before I get into my whole spiel about it, though, I'll kick it to you guys. Any initial thoughts on what came out on Tuesday about Deshaun Watson? So I don't doubt that getting a massage could be a part of Deshaun Watson's recovery process from playing in games and practice and training and whatnot. I totally buy that. But the fact that he requested 66 different women to massage him in 17 months, that's that's a red flag no matter how you look at it. So if you were to ask me, I would say that he's guilty to some extent. I completely agree. Um, I also believe that there should be some uh, heavy form of, like, just like suspension taken. Um, now, whether they do that or not remains to be seen. I would predict they'd probably suspend him for at least a couple of games, if not a season, at the minimum. And at the most, they might just suspend him indefinitely if it just keeps getting worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you guys. <clears throat> so I'm not really telling people how to feel here. I'm not telling people to stop rooting for the brown and orange I'm not even telling people to not like or enjoy what Deshaun Watson does on the field. He is an extremely talented QB in the NFL. And regardless of where we stand, I think we're all going to be impressed week in and week out by what he does on the football field. But as the host of this show, 
I think it's time I give my thoughts and opinions on the topic, which, again, I'm not telling any of you how to feel. And I know there are people within WZIP Sports who would disagree with me in a heartbeat. But what matters here is not really even my own opinion. It's not really even any of ours or the opinions of dissenting people of my own. What matters to me is the number 24 and not even the number, but what it represents. But that's all it is to some people, just simply a number. Some fans and outsiders looking in fail to look at the people behind the number. These are the people that matter. I don't care about what our teammates have said or what Andrew Barry has said about Deshaun Watson right now. I think the Browns could have talked to at least one of these women before making the trade happen and getting into this mess, but it did happen. And, you know, at this point, I'm sick of the jokes. I'm sick of the he said, she said, and I'm sick of struggling to support a team that, you know, I've supported for all 21 years of my life. And I know for many other Browns fans, it's been much longer than that. And I can sympathize with that as well. I just think there should be more support for these women. And I'll repeat myself again. I don't wish to tell everyone how to feel, act, or think. I still support the Browns. And it's just I don't want to turn a blind eye to this situation, which is what I think I've been doing on these airwaves. And I think we could all do better by showing some more respect and well wishes toward the women behind the number 24. That's just my take on it. And sure, you know, players come out and say all these good things about Watson. And sure, that means something because you have a certain level of respect towards these players and coaches that have built up this organization. But at the same time, it's really the number 24. It's those women and their voices need to be heard. And I think we need to just do our our due diligence towards those women. Uh, Jeff and Pat, I don't know if you really have anything to add before we transition to other NFL news, but that's just my take. I completely agree. Like you said, the number 24, we need to show more respect to those women um, instead of just trying to turn a blind eye. You can't turn a blind eye to a number like that. Just try to do better. Show them the respect they deserve. Even if Deshaun Watson's a great player, these are still allegations that are out there. So it's best to just respect everybody and mm-hmm. uh, especially give the um, support to the women right now. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Um, at the end of the day, these women are individuals, and they should be treated with the respect that they deserve, no matter the, the status of Deshaun Watson. Yeah, completely agree. And I I know innocent until proven guilty, but you know, 24 p- women coming out, um, I don't, I can't say if all 24 women um, were actually victims, but I also can't say that one of them wasn't. So mm-hmm. at this point, all 24 women need to be taken seriously, and the 66 appointments booked in 17 months with different women, like you said, Jeff, is just another red flag in this story that is just getting worse and worse over time. I just wish the Browns had done more um, in the research process, but we'll see exactly what the punishment is and we'll see if he gets on the field, how he looks on the field, and how the Browns look moving forward. But let's brighten the show up a little bit. Let's get into some of the other NFL news breaking this week. Let's talk about the reigning and defending Super Bowl champs, the L.A. Rams, and Aaron Donald, who got a $40 million raise in his reworked deal that makes him the highest-paid player in the NFL that doesn't play quarterback. What was your guys' reactions to this news of the reworked deal of Aaron Dar- Do- Donald. Excuse me, not Donald. Donald. Um, I love the move. He was contemplating retirement, but nobody in the organization wanted him to retire because 
He is their best overall player. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, they're going to be giving him a lot of money as he gets older, though. He'll be 31, 32, 33 years old um, during the duration of this contract extension. But still, one of the most dominant players I've ever seen in my entire life, and I think it was totally worth it. I completely agree. I really liked the uh, extension. I really liked the rework. Aaron Donald might be one of the most dominant defensive players of all time. So this was a really good deal for the Rams, and it just boosts their already stacked defense. Their defense is already good without him. With him, it's just ten times better. Yeah, one of two defensive linemen better than T.J. Watt. False. Deserving nope. of the deal. Nah, nope. he is. Nah. He, he might be the best <laughs> defensive No, no, he is the best defensive player in the NFL. Aaron Donald? Aaron Donald. Yeah, of course, but mm. he's, there's another one that's better, that two are better it, than Okay, hold T.J. on. So, uh, if, if you're talking Miles Garrett... The answer is no. TJ Watt is Miles Thank Garrett. You. Thank you. Not at all. I got I, you. I Pat. like the support. Not at all. I got you, Pat. Aaron Donald, Miles Garrett, then TJ Aaron Donald, TJ Watt, then I don't know everybody <laughs> but Miles Garrett. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Aaron Donald, though, uh, he has been a Pro Bowler in each of his first eight seasons in the league. Pretty interesting that Don Sports celebrated with him. I saw that pick with him and Kanye. That was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but what came out to me was. The Rams actually saved $2.75 million next season after the rework, so that was pretty interesting. And seeing them use that money potentially towards another extension that they made with Cooper Cup, Super Bowl MVP, signed a three-year extension to stay in L.A. for the next five season. The extension is worth $110 million and became the fourth-highest-paid player at his position. Before I get your guys' thoughts, on this extension for Cooper Cup. Do you guys know who the top three highest-paid wide receivers are above Cooper Cup? Hmm. I feel like one is probably Devontae Adams. He is number two. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins? He is number three. You're missing number one. Hmm. Christian Kirk? No. Uh, (laughs) I'm just throwing other because I know he got that Uh, big contract for no reason. Is it Tyreek? It is Tyreek. I was just thinking Christian Kirk because he got that really big contract for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, and now Cooper Cup. Guys, give me your thoughts and takeaways from this extension. I really like the extension. I mean, you got the Super Bowl MVP coming back. I think that just boosts their offense even more, especially with the addition they made of uh, Allen Robinson. Um even with the future of Odell Beckham up in the air, if he chooses to return to L.A., that's going to boost their offense even more. And having Cooper Cup back, having his leadership, and like I said, Super Bowl MVP, mm-hmm. can't go wrong. Yeah, the Rams are going to bring back their best player on offense. He's going to make $110 million over the next five years, so good for him. And it, the, the moves of both Donald and Cooper Cup put the Rams in a prime position to run it back. I completely agree with you there. Let's transition to a different NFC West team, one in the 49ers, making some off-season headlines as well with Debo Samuel. Apparently, he is attending minicamp, but there are still reports out there that he wants to be traded and is upset with his role on the team. What do you guys think happens with Debo this off-season? I think he's going to stay on the 49ers and kind of see how this season goes and if his role um, is the exact same as it has been. I think he will end up requesting a trade. Where he'll go, that remains to be seen. But the 49ers have to find some way to change exactly how they use Debo Samuel because they're not using him in the correct manner. And he's one of the best wide receivers out there, but they're just not using him correctly, and they need to change that immediately if they want to keep him. Mm-hmm. I agree. Debo Samuel definitely deserves to be paid. He's probably a top-five wide receiver in the NFL. 
but he doesn't want all the responsibility of carrying that offense, and he doesn't need to because they have weapons like George Kittle, like Brandon Ayuk, like Elijah Mitchell. He doesn't need to have all that responsibility put on him. Yeah, I agree with you guys there. I'm actually a little surprised that he's attending minicamp because of how vocal he was about not returning to the 49ers. I agree that he could request a trade and be traded maybe even into the season, but we'll see exactly what happens with Debo. Also out of the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo was excused from minicamp as he is still rehabbing from his shoulder surgery. Who do you guys think is going to start for uh, the 49ers at QB, and will Jimmy G be part of the 49ers roster come the start of the season? I got to say the starting quarterback for the 49ers this year is going to be Trey Lance. I don't see Jimmy G really recovering from his injury. Um, that quickly, especially if he's now not in the minicamp. We're getting closer to the season. If you're still not ready to play, you're not going to be out on the field week one. Um, I think he'll still be on the roster, though. I think he'll still make the roster, and I think they'll just kind of do what they were doing to try to get Trey Lance ready, where they'll just like swap him in a lot and run like a dual QB. Um, yeah, if you're not ready to play now during the minicamp, then I wouldn't expect to see you starting week one. Yeah, I also have Trey Lance being the 49ers starter next year. They drafted him with a third pick two years ago to be their future. He did get some PT last year in certain situations. And they did excuse Jimmy G from minicamp, part, partly probably because he's rehabbing and also because they want to move on from him and move forward with Trey Lance. I actually don't have Jimmy G being on the 49ers roster next year. I think if he goes anywhere, the best place for him would be Seattle. He wants to go to a winning team, and they've been a playoff team eight of the past 10 years. They have good receivers, even though DK Metcalf is currently holding out. They do need to clear a little bit of cap space for him if he's going to land in Seattle. And they can start by getting rid of Geno Smith. That would help them clear about $4.5 million. And even though Jimmy G's not exactly the best quarterback in the NFL, he's better than, like I said, Geno Smith or Drew Locke, for that matter. Another NFC West team there in the Seahawks. Personally, I agree with Pat. I think... Jimmy G, while he might be healthy come the start of the season, I think he's going to be more of that veteran backup presence to Trey Lance. I think they're going to roll out Trey Lance to start this season for the 49ers, and we'll see if that maybe smooths things over with Debo Samuel. If you have that dual threat at quarterback, maybe Samuel won't have to be that dual threat wide receiver who's also running the ball, which apparently is what Debo Samuel wants as well. Let's talk about the Seahawks, though. DK Metcalf is holding out from mandatory minicamp, and contract talks have reportedly not resulted in a new deal. Do you guys think he is going to get a new deal this offseason? I don't know, because in my opinion, uh, this is my opinion, I think DK Metcalf is very overrated. (laughs) That's just my personal opinion. I think if he does get a contract, it won't be what he wants exactly, but I think if he does, he'll still be with the Seahawks. It's just the... He's holding out because he wants more money, but honestly, I wouldn't pay him because, I, like I said, I think he's overrated. I think that part of the reason why DK might be so adamant about getting more money is because his former college teammate, A.J. Brown, just signed that big contract with Philadelphia, and I think he wants, some, he wants to be recognized in the same status level as A.J. Brown. And actually, if you look at their career stats when you compare them, DK's stats are actually a little bit better than A.J. Brown's, but A.J. Brown is a better all-around wide receiver, and D.K. Metcalf has had Tyler Lockett to take away some of that attention from him, while A.J. Brown's been the number one option pretty much his whole career. But you could also make the argument that D.K. putting up better numbers while having Tyler Lockett on his team could also say, hey, 
I'm actually way better than A.J. Brown. If I was a true number one option, you'd see the production. So I think he'll get a nice extension in Seattle, but I don't think it'll be as big as A.J. Brown because, like Pat said, he's kind of unproven in that number one wide receiver role, so they don't really know. Yeah, great analysis there from you, Jeff. And I agree with you. I think he is going to get a new deal just because he's he's one of the few spotlights on this team that is going to be nothing but dull this upcoming season. Mm -hmm. I don't expect much out of the Seahawks. I actually have them finishing last in their division. And why not sign DK Metcalf and give the fans something to root for and at least have something on the field worth playing for and have a guy that you can rely on at a position like wide receiver who makes a lot of plays. So I think that's what's going to happen for Seattle. What about QB for Seattle? You know, we've talked about Baker potentially going to Seattle, but they do have Drew Locke. Do we expect him to be the starting QB this season? I, I hope not. <laughs> I don't think really the future not. of the NFL. Right? I, yeah. I, don't, I don't think he will be. I think they're going to give it to Geno Smith to start out. Just because they... Geno over Drew? Oh, yeah, anybody's better than Drew Locke. I mean, <laughs> he's just... I could honestly see them splitting time. I could see, like, if Geno Smith struggles or Drew Locke struggles, the other one could go in. That's going to be a lot for them. I didn't even know this was going to be, like, a QB battle between the two men. I thought it was, it was probably the least interesting QB battle of, like, all time. Yeah. 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 I agree with you guys. I do expect Drew Locke to just go out there, though. Again, nothing really to expect out of the Seahawks this season. But, Jeff, let's talk about your favorite team, the Broncos. Yes, sir. Walmart's heir Rob Walton and his group purchased the Broncos for $4.65 billion dollars. The previous record for an NFL franchise was $2.275 billion, which was in 2018 when David Tepper bought the Panthers. Jeff, what was your big takeaway from the Broncos purchase? So um, I didn't really know too much about Rob Walton before I started doing research. Um, he, his daughter, Carrie Walton Penner, and his son-in-law, Greg Penner, purchased Denver. Um, he had, Rob had lived and worked in Colorado before, so he's kind of local and then the entire group gained more enthusiasm the more they learned about the Broncos franchise. Um, and then the co-CEO of Aerial Investments, Melody Hobson, also joined the ownership group. Um, everybody seems really enthusiastic about the purchase. Like I said, they brought in a brilliant business mind, according to Rob Walton and Melody Hobson. Um, so I'm pretty optimistic about the new ownership under Rob Walton and his group. All right. Sounds good. I was more so surprised by the number, that 4.6. Yeah. Five billion dollars shocked me, but good for them. And I would expect like there. like the Yankees or someone to be bought for that much money. Yeah, and but. there was no. That's the record mm-hmm. for American sports teams. Nothing like that in the MLB or NHL or NBA. Even new record: four point six five billion dollars for the Broncos. Nice to see there in the NFL. Before we go to break, let's break down some NFC rankings. Probably not going to get through them all, but let's start with the NFC East. And, Jeff, I'll kick it to you. Who's your last team in the NFC East? So my last team in the NFC East is the New York Giants. I thought they drafted really well, but Daniel Jones is, like, the worst quarterback in the NFL. If if not the worst, one of the worst. And Saquon Barkley hasn't been healthy in a very long time, so I don't see them doing much in their division. I completely agree. I have the Giants finishing in last for all of the same reasons. They, uh, <laughs> Danny Dimes, bro. Danny Dimes. You can't better give, receiver than a quarterback. You can't give a good nickname to a terrible player. Listen, I he can't just, stand Danny Dimes. It he, makes no sense. <laughs> he doesn't throw dimes. It makes no sense. Nope. Anything oh, more? No, I mean, 
Daniel Jones, stick to being a wide receiver. You're better at that than being a quarterback. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he could take on the Tim Tebow route and try to play tight end. He should. Because yeah, I'd like to see a quarterback that. just it's not working for him. Jaguars will sign anybody nowadays. Yeah, apparently they will. <laughs> he should go try baseball for like two, three years and then go back and sign for the Jags. But no, I actually have the commanders here. Um, their front office is terrible, and so is their team. You know, Carson Wentz with Scary Terry could be nice, but for me, that's only that's like the only bright spot on this team. Their defense was good two seasons ago. They regressed a lot last season. I know um, there were some injuries, but I just don't see much coming out of the Commanders. And then I actually have the Giants finishing third for all the reasons you guys said. Daniel Jones is just not the answer, and Saquon Barkley, he's just injury-prone. I know they upgraded their O-line a little bit, but we'll see exactly what comes out of New York. I'm assuming you guys have the Commanders here? Yep. I actually don't. No? Interesting. I have the Cowboys. Okay. They lost Amari Cooper. I love the Cowboys slander. (laughs) Please continue. I love it. Will do. (laughs) Uh, They will get Michael Gallup back, and they did sign James Washington. So the receiving core for Dallas isn't going to be as bad as people think. But still, Dallas seems to be good, like, only every other year. And last year, they won their division, so this year, they're going to finish third. Okay. Interesting. Reasoning for the Commanders being third, Pat. I mean, they finished third last year. They didn't really do anything, like, crazy in the offseason. Yeah, they're going to get Chase Young back, but that's not going to make that much of a difference to them. And like you said, their front office is bad. Their team in general is bad. So is their stadium. Build a new stadium so that way the railings doesn't fall on uh, Jalen Hurts again. But for the Commanders, yeah, finishing third. Yeah, that's fair. I have the Cowboys finishing seconds. Uh, Like you said, Jeff, they are very inconsistent. And for me, their performances, even game to game, can be inconsistent. Mm -hmm. One game, their entire team can go off. And the next game, they can be absolutely terrible. So we'll see what happens. And their defense itself. Last year, they were actually good. Two seasons ago, they were one of the worst defenses in the league. And their very thin wide receiver room is not going to be good. Not many weapons. And I think they got worse this offseason. That's why I have the Cowboys sitting at number two. Who do you guys have at number two in the NFC East? I have the Cowboys at number two. I'm agreeing with you on this one for all the same reasons. They seem to only go off certain games. They have a very thin wide receiver room now. The only receiver that they signed in free agency was James Washington. Trust me, I'm not going to miss him as a Steelers fan. Um, Yeah, they just seem to struggle every other season. And I think that this season, um, Micah Parsons is going to go cold. I think he's going to have a sophomore slump this year. And I think that's really going to shut down their defense, and they're going to struggle. Makes sense. Jeff, I'll kick it to you. So for me, I have Washington. Let me start by saying I don't trust Carson Wentz at all. But if he can make a couple of the right plays, they do have a nice receiving core, Scary Terry, Curtis Samuel, and they drafted Jahan Dotson as well. And they will get Chase Young back, and I do think that defensive line will get back to the form they were at a couple years ago. So I have him finishing second. All right, makes sense. And we all have the Eagles mm-hmm. finishing first. Fly, Eagles, fly. And the NFC least. Why <laughs> the Eagles? Jeff, I'll go to you first. So they added A.J. Brown, and I think he and Devontae Smith are going to be a great wide receiver duo. They also added cornerback James Bradbury. They drafted Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean, both out of Georgia. And a lot of their tougher games are at home. They got Green Bay, Tennessee, and New Orleans at home. And their only road concerns for me are Indianapolis and Arizona. But... Arizona will be without DeAndre Hopkins that game, too. So, 
I think they have a really favorable schedule, and I think they're the overall the best team in this division. All right, makes sense. Pat, you also have the Eagles number one. One name, A.J. Brown. He automatically boosts their offense, adds such a such depth to their wide receiver room. Not to mention, like Jeff mentioned, um, their defense just got so much better with James Bradbury. They drafted really well. The Eagles are starting to go back to the Michael Vick days right now. They're starting to look better, and I'm excited for it. I've never had a thing against the Eagles. I'm happy for them. Yeah, I agree with you guys there. I don't have much to add on the Eagles, but I do have them winning the NFC East. We're going to kick it to break, though. When we come back, we're going to break down the NFC West, South, and North divisions. Then we're going to go to some NBA news, talk about last week's Around the Rue. And first pitch for the Cleveland Guardians is in five minutes. You can still tune in to SPT, though. We're going to be giving you live updates throughout the game. Don't go anywhere on WZIP. What's going on, everyone? We are back with more Sports Power Talk, the best sports talk show this side of Lake Erie. My name is Jake Murrin, and I am the host of your show today, joined by my analyst first, Jeff Longville. What's up? And Pat Weber. Go Steelers. All right. I have to do it once. You're just ruining I, my I, vibe, listen, bro. We're, I, I have to, to we're do talking it about once. the NFC, Pat. AFC yeah. was, was last it. week. Get with the program, man. I still have to say it at least once a show. I just have to. It's in my blood as a fan. I have uh, to. Let's talk about the NFC West, <laughs> shall we? NFC West. Uh, Pat, since you're so adamant about the Steelers, I'll go to you first. NFC West, who you have finishing last? So I have the Seattle Seahawks because, simply put, I think they have the worst quarterback room in the entire NFL. You have Geno Smith and Drew Locke to choose from. Um, not to mention DK Metcalf is still holding out. So right now you have Tyler Lockett. And that's really about it. Their defense is subpar, losing Bobby Wagner. I mean, they're just going to be in a rough situation this year, and I don't see them getting any more than four wins, honestly. Uh, yeah, I also have the Seahawks for pretty much the exact same reasons that Pat said. They lost Russell Wilson, and they they play in the toughest division in the NFC. I think the other three teams can be playoff contenders, but Seattle can't. Yeah, I agree with you guys. The Seahawks... Drew Locke is their potential starting QB. We talked about the contract issues with DK Metcalf as well. I think no doubt about it, they'll finish last in the NFC West. Kind of gets interesting with the top three teams, though. Who do you guys have finishing third? So I have the Arizona Cardinals finishing third. Um, DeAndre Hopkins can't really stay healthy anymore. He's starting to wane out. No longer the best receiver in the NFL. Um, They also lost Christian Kirk, who was their good number two. Um... And they still have some contract issues. They're still having those issues with Kyler Murray. Um, not to mention, you know, J.J. Watt. He's getting up there in age. He's still very injury prone. And they're just kind of the old team in the NFL right now, I guess is the best way to put it. And I just think with all of these players aging and becoming more injury prone, that's going to play a factor. And I have them finishing third. I also have the Cardinals finishing third. Hopkins is suspended for the first six games. They lost Chandler mm-hmm. Jones to the Raiders. And... Cliff Kingsbury is known for coming up short. You know, the Cardinals usually have those hot starts and they finish not so well at the end of the season. But without DeAndre Hopkins for the first six games, who knows how they're going to start. Yeah, makes perfect sense. I actually have the 49ers here finishing third in the division. If Debo stays, it might change my opinion, but I think he's going to leave at some points. They can be dangerous on offense if he stays, but I'm I'm also not very high 
on Trey Lance either. I just think the 49ers are going to be one of those lull teams in the NFC. I think they might win some games, but when it comes against the Rams and Cardinals in their division and also some other tough NFC teams, I think they're just going to finish third here. And then I have the Cardinals going in second place here in the NFC West. You guys mentioned the DeAndre Hopkins suspension. I think they will struggle with him, but I do have some confidence in Kyler Murray to get the job done and get the Cardinals back to the postseason. I don't think they'll have any success if they get back to the postseason, but I do have them finishing second in the NFC West. I'm assuming you guys have the 49ers here, but Jeff, I'll go to you first. I do. Uh, I think they got pieces on both sides of the ball. I do think a rookie, well, not a rookie, but Trey Lance in his first year as the full-time starter will struggle a bit, but he does have the weapons to play well, so I think they'll finish second. I completely agree with what Jeff said. They've got the weapons. Trey Lance, is a he has a lot of uh, promise coming into the league. This will be his first year starting. I have high hopes for the 49ers to finish second. Yeah, I have the Cardinals finishing second, like I said. First place, though, Pat, I'll go to you first here. Rams. Rams. <laughs> L.A. We all got the Rams here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jeff, why do you have the Rams? So they brought back their most important pieces in Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup. Then they added Bobby Wagner, and they drafted Kyron Williams to add some depth to that running back room of theirs. They get the Bills, the Raiders, and the Broncos all at home. They could go undefeated at home this year, to be completely honest with you. The Rose schedule is a bit tough with the Chargers, Packers, Chiefs, and Bucks, but those could be the only games they lose all year. I think this is the best team in the NFC without a question. Yeah, I forgot about that Bobby, that Bobby Wagner deal. Um, that's going to be important for them on defense. And like you said, I just think they've done everything right on um, just during this offseason. I don't think they did anything wrong. Uh, maybe Robert Woods, they could have got him back. But honestly, I think they're going to be fine at wide receiver. Improved defense, still have Matthew Stafford. Won it last year, and I think they might be the favorites to repeat this year. But we'll see what happens. Let's talk about the NFC South here. Last place, I think we all agree here. But, Pat, I'll go to you first. The Waffle House Birds. The Waffle House Birds. The Waffle, Waffle House Birds are last. Um, yeah, the Falcons are really poverty, poverty franchise. Um, yeah, they have the quarterback I wanted at their starting quarterback. But let's be honest, no Calvin Ridley. You only really have Drake London and Kyle Pitts to rely on. Your defense is god-awful. I Yeah, Falcons, they're going to struggle. I think they might actually win two games this year. I still don't understand why you wanted Marcus Mariota. Because it's Marcus Mariota, dude. That's, that's, that's better than that. Okay, tells listen. me nothing. I, yeah, that's, it, when I looked at we're like, turning all it the to Logan agents, now with his emotional when I, takes. When I when I looked at the free agency and I saw the quarterbacks and I saw that the like, the two best available were Mitchell Trubisky and Marcus Mariota, I said if I have to pick between the two, I would rather have Marcus Mariota than Mitch Trubisky. I would I would agree, but I still. I wouldn't want either of them, but I would probably take Trubisky over Mariota. Mm. Mariota has shown nothing, and he's older. I think he Trubisky, is a little bit older. Trubisky, Trubisky is the MVP. He had a he very is the MVP. He was in a bad system in Chicago. Just learned under Josh Allen, so maybe that'll do something. But I, I mean, no, I, nothing Mariota. against Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, in his defense, he did have Matt Nagy as a coach. So, yeah, Matt Nagy ruins players' careers. Also, quick updates <laughs> from the Guardians game. The Athletics already on the board. Ramon Laureano hit a solo home run in the top of the first. Athletics lead the Guardians 1-0. Not a great start from Cal Quantrill today on the mound. But, Jeff, I will go to you 
for the NFC South. Um, Falcons last place. Yeah, uh, my very first reason is because Marcus Mariota is the quarterback. I know you yeah. like him, Pat, but I don't. Hey, he won me the Super Bowl in that Madden semi did. <laughs> Congratulations, but what does that matter for real life? Yeah, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, they lost Matt Ryan, who had been there for 14 years, and they also lost Keanu Neal as well. And they have some pieces, like you mentioned, Pat, but it's just not enough. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have much to add here. They did take the wrong wide receiver in the draft, they in my did. opinion. And like you guys, I just think they could be one of the worst teams this year in the NFL. Not many weapons, bad QB, not going to win many games. Atlanta's the new Detroit. That's what I'm going to put it right now. That hurts for Atlanta. Yeah. They should be very sad right now. (laughs) I think they already are. Yeah, Marcus Mariota coming to Atlanta. Just bringing on the sadness to that city. Number three, though, who do you have, Jeff? I'll go to you first. I have the Carolina Panthers. They have a really tough schedule. They got Arizona at the Rams, at the Bengals, at the Ravens, and they have to play Tampa Bay and New Orleans twice. I don't trust Sam Darnold or Christian McCaffrey being healthy all year, so I have them at third. I also have the Panthers at third. Um, They hoard quarterbacks right now. I just want to point that out. They have a lot of quarterbacks on their roster, but none of them are good. Uh, They also have... Matt Corral could be good. Eh. He could be. Eh. I don't know. Christian McCaffrey is the Mike Trout of the NFL. He's really good, but cannot stay healthy to save his life. Um, nothing really to touch on for Carolina. I mean, they're just going to kind of do what they did the past couple seasons. Yeah. Just maybe get five, six wins, if that, a factory of sadness for If they Carolina. had Baker Mayfield, they could win the division. <laughs> mm. Is that a real thing? I don't know about that. I don't know about that. You never know. Robbie Anderson might retire, though. Sam Darnold, not the answer for any team in the NFL, regardless of whether Baker Mayfield goes there. The two stories are not connected. It's Everybody still funny. Wait, so if Baker, if Baker goes to the Panthers, I want to, like, run down the quarterback room. If he did, it'd be Cam Newton, They're getting ready. Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, and uh, Matt Carroll. And they have, oh, they signed the one guy from the... Um, P.J. Walker? Yeah, P.J. Walker. That's a lot of quarterbacks. It is. I don't think they're going to keep Cam Newton, though. Yeah, he's... Yeah. I knew the second Cam Newton signed with the Patriots, it was done. And, like, everybody on the show was so optimistic about it. We should like, go back to New England so they can be bad again. I would, I yeah, would appreciate that. I'm, I'm okay with that. But, no, Cam Newton completely washed right now in his career. And I do have the Panthers finishing third as well. Number two, though, Pat, I'll go to you. Okay, this is going to surprise you, but I have Tampa Bay. And that's because even though Tom Brady is the GOAT, I don't know how he's he's going to have the spotlight on him so hard. And, like, he always plays up to it. But I think it might get to him a little bit this year with his retirement and then unretirement. I think it's going to get to him a little bit. All right, Jeff, the Tom Brady fan over here. Indeed. Are you offended by the statement, or do you also have the Buccaneers finishing second? I'm actually not offended at all. I have them finishing second as well. Wow. I think they'll finish with the exact same record as New Orleans, but New Orleans owns the Bucks in the regular season. So I think they'll win both of those matchups, and it'll be the tiebreaker. Interesting. I have the Saints at second here. Um, they have a great wide receiver room, tough defense, but I question Jameis Winston's ability and his decision-making, and I don't know how he's going to fit into this Saints team, new coach, everything going on in New Orleans. I don't know. It's just a big question mark team. That's why I have them finishing second, whereas a team that doesn't have many question marks around them 
is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I have them finishing first here in the NFC South. Tom Brady retired twice, then came back to the, in the same offseason. Still have weapons and the defensive guys to contend for the NFC Championship this season. That's why I have them finishing first. You guys have the Saints here. Mm-hmm. I think the Saints wide receiver course is absolutely insane. Um, Jameis Winston, he's, he's, he's not bad. He's not great. I think he can play up to getting the receivers the looks they need. And I think with that and Chris Olave and Michael Thomas in there, it just makes them so much better. Mm-hmm. Is Winston better than Baker? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. They're, they're like on the same level for me. Because, I, don't know like, if I, not, I don't know if I'd go that far. I really don't. Well, you think Baker's worse? No, I think I think he's better. Hey. But like, I like to hear it. not mm. by a whole lot. I have them like equal level. Oh, no. I hate, I hate Jameis Winston with a passion, so. Why? Why? <laughs> Just because he's a very talented individual. He can throw the deep ball with the best of any of them. But he is the absolute worst decision-making I've ever seen in my entire life. How do you throw 30 interceptions in one season? That's like almost two that per game. True. That's embarrassing. I mean, his eyes weren't the greatest, right? Because he got that surgery on Okay, well, here's the that. thing, right? You're rich. You can afford <laughs> the surgery. Why did you wait so long? I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Why do you have the Saints finishing first, though? Um, like you said, there are a lot of question marks, but if they can stay healthy and if nothing happens with Alvin Kamara, and as long as Jameis Winston plays decent, they're stacked everywhere else, and they can win this division. Yeah, I I can't hate it. I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints finish ahead of the Buccaneers this season. Like I said, I just don't feel comfortable with all the question marks surrounding the Saints. Let's go to the NFC North here, the last division of the NFC that we have to break down. Fourth place... Who do you guys have? I have the Chicago Bears in fourth. I just I don't, don't like that. think. I just don't think. Listen, no offense to Ohio State fans. I just don't think Justin Fields is that great of a quarterback. He was really good in college, but it's kind of the theme of Ohio State quarterbacks going into the NFL. Really good in college, not great in the NFL. Not to mention they lost. Um, I just blanked on his name. That's kind of awkward. Oh, Allen Robinson. Hicks. Oh. And Akeem Hicks. They lost a lot of weapons. And Khalil Mack. And Khalil, and Khalil Mack. Mack. Yeah, that was stupid. How did I forget that? That was, that was, a really, that was just a really bad decision by them. I'm going to be honest. That was just really bad. Terrible decision-making in the offseason. Losing all their weapons. Justin Fields just isn't that great. I'm sorry. Just but not. like you said, he had Matt Nagy as his head coach. Now he doesn't. Well, yeah, but I mean, he doesn't. Who, who's he going to throw to? They don't have. He doesn't have everybody to throw Darnell to. Mooney, that's just about it. I, yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah, so that, that's why I have them last, because I just don't think they're going to perform at all this year. All right, Jeff, who do you have number four? I still have the Detroit Lions. They added Aiden Hutchinson, but not really a whole lot else. And they are a very deep work in progress. I think that the product on the field will look better, but I don't think it'll translate to wins necessarily. All right, well, I'm going to agree with Pat here. I have the Bears. Disrespect. And yeah. last... No disrespect towards Justin Fields. All the disrespect here goes towards the Chicago Bears. I'm just so concerned about their offensive line. It's a new offense under a new head coach with a very young and inexperienced quarterback who's still in development. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Justin Hurts gets, or Justin Fields, my bad, Justin Fields gets hurt this season, whether that be in the first couple games with a bad, bad O line, new offense. I just don't like what the Bears 
are going to roll out this off season or this upcoming season. Who do you guys have finishing third, though? I have the Detroit Lions. I think that even though they only really added Aiden Hutchinson, I think that still boosts them a little bit. And when I mean they're going to finish third, I think they're going to have one more win than the Bears. I don't have them. I don't have them above them by that much. But I do think that they did show some promise, especially with Amon Ross St. Brown. I think he's one of the best young wide receivers in the entire league. Um, I have them finishing third. Like I said, they kind of boosted their defense a little bit. They have good young weapons. I mean, yeah, their quarterback is a little questionable. No offense to Jared Goff, but mm. I you still, can offend I, Jared Goff. No one's going to care. I don't want to offend Jared Goff, though. Why not? I don't have anything against him. If I don't, you know, I just can't. I, I don't know. <laughs> All right, interesting analysis there from Pat. Jeff, number three. So I have the Bears here. I do think they may take a step back like you guys think. I still don't think they'll be as bad as Detroit, though. They have a really tough schedule. They have the 49ers at New England, Philadelphia, and Buffalo. Um, Most of their games aren't gimmies. I do think Justin Fields will be better, but I still don't trust his offensive line, like you guys said, or his receiving core, for that matter. And they lost to Keem Hicks and Khalil Mack. So I think they're going to take a step back but still not as bad as Detroit. I think, like, you said you have the Lions winning one more game than the Bears. I have the Bears winning, like, one more game than the Lions. Okay. Yeah, I'm right here with Pat again. I could see the Lions winning a game or two more than the Bears, so I have them sitting at third. Like you said, Jeff, they're just a work in progress right now. They drafted well with Aiden Hutchinson, but they still have many holes with an inconsistent Jared Goff at QB. But I still have them improving somewhat this season. Number two, though, who do you have? Jeff, I'll go to you first. So when I was looking at all the team's schedules and everything, it really surprised me that I had this team at number two because I had this team, like without putting a whole lot of research into it, finishing as the number one in the division. But it turns out that that's not the case for me now. The Minnesota Vikings I have at number two. They have a tougher schedule than Green Bay is really what it comes down to. They have to go to Philadelphia, to New Orleans. They have Arizona, to Buffalo, New England, and Indianapolis. They have a ton of talent all over the field, but just haven't quite been able to put it together. And they could still win the division if that lack of a receiving core for Aaron Rodgers doesn't, like if he can't make do with what he has to work with, I think they still could win the division. But just due to their how much tougher their schedule is than Green Bay, I have them finishing second. Makes sense, Pat. I have the Green Bay Packers finishing second. I do think the lack of a receiving core is going to affect them, um, especially with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, your most experienced receiver on your roster is Alan Lazard right now. That's that's painful to look at. That's not very that good so... at all. That's that's very bad. Um, not to mention they lost some key defensive pieces this year as well. I just see them taking a step back for the first time in a couple of seasons and finishing second in the NFC North. Quick update on our very own Cleveland Guardians. Jose Ramirez, you got to love him, doubled in the bottom of the first. Two runners score, Miles Straw and Ahmed Rosario. The Guardians have taken a 2-1 lead over the Athletics. Miles Straw reached on an error, and Ahmed Rosario got a hit. Jose Ramirez drives him in, things you love to see. We have a 2-1 lead. Back to the NFC North, though. I have the Vikings finishing second here. Kirk Cousins is average, but he he does have weapons on offense. I don't see them getting any better this season, but I don't really see them getting any worse either. Of the Vikings just staying at number two in the NFC North with the Packers on top. They still have one of the most talented QBs in Aaron Rodgers, who's won back-to-back MVPs, but I am concerned about their weapons on offense like you guys referred to. Jeff, 
You have the Packers number one as well. Mm-hmm. I do. Um, I just got to believe that Aaron Rodgers will find a way to make the best out of the situation and to make it work to some extent. And they do have an easier schedule than Minnesota, but like I said, if Minnesota plays as well as they should, they could definitely win this division. All right, and then you have the Vikings, Pat? I do have the Vikings, and the only reason I have the Vikings at number one is because I think Green Bay is going to take that much of a step back this year. I don't think the Vikings are really going to improve too much, but I think Green Bay is just going to take that big of a step back because of the loss of all their receivers, because of the loss of some key defensive players. And I think this could be a breakout year for Justin Jefferson. He's already been playing really well the past two seasons. I think this could be another standout year for him. And if Kirk Cousins can just play up to the level that he, we know he can, even though he is an average quarterback, he does play a little bit below average at times. I think if he can maintain at least a decent pace, I think the Vikings can win this. Is Baker better than Kirk Cousins? Okay, no. No. No, not. absolutely not. I'm sorry, but no. Man. Better than Jared Goff? Can you give me yes. that one? Yes. Really? Really? I'll, okay, I'll the give that to you. The fact that there's any hesitation. Okay, I'll give that to you. The slander. I can't. That's it on our, NFC, or our NFL and NFC segment, though. Um, I hope you enjoyed our talk about Deshaun Watson, even though that got a little deep. And then we went into the NFC rankings with some news about the Seahawks, 49ers, Broncos, and all that But we're going to get into some NBA news right now. And first off, I just want to thank everybody for participating in last week's Around the Rue question. We got 88 votes, which is the most we've ever had. It was on the Cavs logos, and 47% of voters said that B was their favorite logo. To refresh your memory, B was the logo that had the Cavaliers basketball with the script and sword running through it. And I wanted to get your guys' thoughts. I know you both of you voted. What logo did you vote for and why? I voted for B as well. I also I just, voted I just, for B. The good, look is just good. so cool. I like I like the sword being a part of the logo. I think it makes us look a little bit intimidating from a logo standpoint. Yeah. I'm just a big fan of the logo in general. I don't love the sword in the shield logo, but in the in the logo with the basketball, with it running through the scripts, absolutely love it. Do you guys agree with me that A was overrated, though? I got a lot of hate for that because... Which one was A again? A was the retro, like the blue and orange Cavs net logo. Oh. And I wouldn't say overrated necessarily, but yeah. I definitely don't like it as much. As I wouldn't say it's overrated. I would just say it's outdated. Yeah, like, that, you, that's you a good could way bring to, it yeah. back, but that's the old look. I mean, you can go for a retro look every now and then, but I don't want that to be a permanent yeah. logo. I got some hate for it. Logan and Alex last week both said A was their favorite logo. I went with B. The majority of the voters went with B, so that was great to see. And we're going to have our next Run the Root question next segment, so stay tuned for that. It's going to be another dicey question with hopefully a lot of votes and a lot of engagements like we did last week. But before we go to break, let's talk about the GOAT. Let's talk about LeBron James. And some news this week from LeBron. He was asked what playoff team would he want to play for right now. And his answer was the Golden State Warriors. And I want to just know your guys' initial reactions off of this and if this would hurt his potential GOAT status. So I watched the trailer in which he said that in, and that trailer released on YouTube on June 7th, which was after the finals already started. And that could have been like a pre-recorded interview or whatever. I don't really know. But if he said that after the finals already started, there's only two teams to choose from. And he chose the team that better suits his skill set, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I don't know why it has to be made a big deal. 
That's fair, but I think even if it was the first round of the playoffs, I think he probably would have picked the Warriors just because I think he's closer to some of the guys now. You see him live tweeting during these finals games talking about how great Steph Curry is and all that. So I would still say he would pick the Warriors, but um, who knows? Maybe it'd be like the Grizzlies teaming up with John Moran or something. I don't know. Pat, initial reaction. It kind of hurt my soul a little bit because it was like, you, you're you not supposed to do yeah. this. The Photoshop with him in the Warriors uh, uniform. I just didn't like that. Yeah, no. No. When I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, so this is how it kind of felt to be Obi-Wan Kenobi watching Anakin Skywalker turn to the dark side in a way. I'm like, you can't do this. Don't pick the Warriors, please. And that would honestly hurt his GOAT status because if he did something like that, I honestly believe he would get the same amount of hate Kevin Durant did when he went to the Warriors. Maybe even more. I would I would say more. Up there on a pedestal. Um, Jeff, I know you're a big LeBron James fan. Alternate Universe, you're the creator mm-hmm. of Alternate Universe. If this happened, if he joins the Warriors, probably not going to happen, but say it does, would it hurt his GOAT status? I would have to say yes because it's kind of the same thing that Kevin Durant did that we gave him all the hate for. But I think that just him simply entertaining the idea should not hurt his GOAT status because a ton of NBA players on teams that aren't that they're not satisfied with would be like, man, I wish I played for this team or this team. And it's just all hypothetical, you know? Yeah, makes sense. Update on the Cleveland Guardians game. Owen Miller driving in Jose Ramirez with a single. Guardians extend their lead over the Athletics 3-1. to one. Things you love to see. Some runs in the bottom of the first taking that lead. But talking about LeBron James and his GOAT status, it to me, it just depends. Like, are we debating GOAT status by individual talent or skill or by team accomplishments and who they put themselves around? Because you kind of have to debate both. Right, yeah. And it's just tough for me. Like, if he joins the Warriors, his individual talent, skills, accomplishments, all of that don't really change. Mm. But, of course, the players he surrounds himself with, say he goes to the Warriors, wins a ring or two, I think those rings would probably be not as significant as his rings in uh, Miami, Cleveland, or even L.A. And I think it would hurt his go debate. Even by adding a ring or two by joining the Warriors, but and see that's the big like reason why nobody, or I shouldn't say nobody, but hardly anybody ever talks about Bill Russell being the goat. He has eleven rings, but he had a real stacked team to do it back in the '60s. So that's why he's kind of kept out of that conversation a lot. Makes sense. Some other news out of LeBron James before we had to break. He talked about owning a team. But he said it would be in Las Vegas. LeBron obviously recently just became a billionaire, so congrats, King James, for that. Um, And there's no team in Vegas, and I think Vegas would be a really good destination for an NBA team. But the NBA isn't looking to expand right now, and expanding a team costs about $2.5 billion, so over twice what he currently has in net worth. Um, And if an improved TV deal is made within the next few years, the cost of franchises would be increased, thus expansions. The cost for expanding would also increase as well. So, But if the NBA expands, shouldn't like the Seattle Supersonics come back? That, I would like to see that. Please. Wouldn't that I would be like the to team? See that. Yeah. I think that would be the first expansion team over a team in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. But I agree. There's another option where he could buy a current um, NBA team and relocate them. Cough, cough, Sacramento. I don't think yeah. anybody's going to care if the Kings move. I don't even think people that live in Sacramento will care. Yeah. So. That's Honestly, true. the Kings should have just stayed in Cincinnati. They probably <laughs> had a better fan base as the Royals. 
Yeah, I don't hate it. Um, should LeBron own a team that is closer to his home in Akron, Ohio? What do you guys think? Mm. I like the idea. I wouldn't be mad if he You should establish an NBA team in Akron. Yeah. That'd be cool. What would the nickname be? Putting him on the spot. I'll, I'll come up with one when we come back. Yeah, I don't even have one off the top of my head <laughs> either. Uh, but no, I think it would be cool. I think that was the whole like fantasy thing for him to buy the Cavs and just run the team or be a coach at least of some of some kind. I already was the coach when he was there. Uh, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. You're not wrong. But... Or does it make more sense for him to, you know, own a team that is closer to his new home out west? You know, that's kind of makes more sense. He's relocated his entire family out there. Mm-hmm. Um, There's so more think, opportunities out there, I'd say. Exactly. So that's where I think this whole Las Vegas idea comes from. But it's time for us to go to break. When we come back, Jeff, you're going to give us that Akron basketball team nickname. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to go talk about the Utah Jazz and the NBA Finals. Also going to keep you updated on that Guardians game. So don't go anywhere. This is Sports Power Talk. What's going on, everyone? We are back with more Sports Power Talk, the best sports talk show there is, was, and ever will be. I'm your host. My name is Jacob Marin. I am joined by Pat Weber. Go Cavs. And Jeff Longville. I have a bone to pick with somebody in the sports department. Go right ahead. So... Logan Congrove doesn't like LeBron, but he follows him on Instagram and likes all of his posts. And retweets pictures right. of him very, with rings on. Very for the confusing. Heat. And Logan, I just want to say that LeBron has won both of your team's rings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just keep that in mind before you say <laughs> anything about it. I don't even like LeBron. I'm just saying that, you know, don't don't do that. Don't. Use your brain. Use your brain. Think before yeah. you speak on the occasion. It's okay. Logan's like my rival <laughs> up here at WZIP Sports. I feel like he's just becoming the rival of the entire station itself. Yeah, not say. really. I just thought that was kind of funny when he was like, LeBron's trash. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. that's, that's very true. <laughs> Jeff, yes, um, sir. I put you on the spot last segment, mm-hmm. asking for an Akron nickname for an NBA team. Mm-hmm. You have found one. I have. What is it? The Akron Rubber Trees. <laughs> Wait, what? Why? Well, you guys said it had to have rubber in the name, so well, I, I I literally Googled rubber and then found rubber trees, and I, I they, are, they produce rubber pretty much, or like some material rubber that helps com- make rubber. So. All right, I learned something new. Rubber comes from trees. Quick Wikipedia search taught me that, so. All right, I said uh, we would rate. The nickname, Pat? I'm going to go with a solid, like, six. Cool. I'm going to go with, like, a one. Wow. It's terrible. <laughs> I told you it was bad. That's I'm going to go with a six because I learned something new in the process of hearing right, yeah. about the, wow. the yeah. team yeah. name. Educate you. yourself. Well, and I said rubber did because you learn I was thinking school about today, Pat? Uh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I would just sit in, like, high school and, like, everything. i just sit there. Like, I didn't really learn anything. Yeah, I can see that. Hey, it's fine. Taking some naps during classes? No, I didn't do that. Really? No, I was on my phone a lot. <laughs> I'm not yeah. gonna lie, I was just sitting there. Yeah, didn't didn't work out so great. But hey, college is a lot. It's a lot better. Fair enough. Actually, learning things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's good. Let's talk about the Utah Jazz, shall we? Quinn Snyder is leaving the Jazz after eight seasons with the team. He did have hip surgery after the season, so that could be a part of the reason why he left. Plus, the Jazz are potentially staring down the barrel of a rebuild. Jeff, I'll kick it to you. You're the great basketball mind up here. What do you make of Quinn Snyder leaving the Utah Jazz? I 
I was very surprised to see the move. Um, he was beloved by the entire organization. Um, according to articles that I read, there was no friction between he and the players or the CEO, Danny Ainge, or the owner, Ryan Smith. Uh, he did his best to make the practice facility a home away from home for the players to meet all their needs. Like, he put barber chairs in there and rooms for them to play video games and stuff like that. So it just kind of shows you the level of care he put into this organization. Very close with the players and established a winning culture in Utah, at least in the regular season. And the announcement came as a shock to to everybody, quite frankly. Um, possible reasons I came up with were he recently had his second hip replaced, so he now uses a cane to walk and maybe just coaching. Took a lot of stress on that. Um, there's also the Mitchell and Gobert incident. Their relationship is pretty much over at this point. Um, and the roster is getting older. They have absolutely no draft assets. They're the only team without a pick this year, and they have very little cap space. And they haven't been able to make it past the second round of the playoffs since he's been their coach. So I think just a combination of all those things kind of contributed to him wanting to uh, move on from the Jazz. Well, a lot to unfold there. Pat, do you have anything to add? I completely agree. I mean, it was a big surprise to everybody when he said he was going to step away. I would have to imagine it would probably be because of his hip replacement. It just, if you can't be as mobile as you want to on the sidelines, you probably, if you feel like you can't be as involved as you want to be, you're going to take a step back until you're at least trying to be back up to where you think you can be in your health. Um, Yeah, and the whole thing with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, yeah, the Jazz are starting starting to go in shambles. It's I'm not mad about it. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. I'm, I mean, the Clippers beat him, so <laughs> Kawhi Leonard beat him. That's all I have to say. Actually, Paul George beat him, but yep. whatever. Kawhi played that series. He he played the start, but he didn't close out the series, though. Yeah, because he got hurt. <clears throat> all right, Kawhi, he participated in beating the Jazz. He gets an A for effort. <laughs> At least give me that for him. Give right, him the participation trophy. <laughs> Regardless, though, Snyder finished with a 372 and 264 win loss record. He did play a huge role, like you said, Jeff, in rebuilding the Jazz into a top contender in the West, regardless of their poor play in the playoffs. And I want to know any names out there in your guys' opinions that could be potential replacements for the Utah Jazz head coach vacancy. So, from what I've seen so far, some names that have popped up are former Jazz assistant Johnny Bryant. Current Jazz assistant Alex Jensen, uh, Lakers assistant David Fisdale, and Terry Stotts. Um, Danny Ainge said the search is going to be very thorough, and I have a quote from him here from MSN. It says, "I want a coach with integrity that is willing to work, that is willing to work together, that understands that it's bigger than his program. I want a coach that obviously knows what that means, how hard he has to work, that has a hunger, and that is going to give." all that he has to the franchise and to his players and develop the relationships that are crucial. Okay, some interesting names there. Pat, any more to add? I would have to say probably number one for me is uh, Fisdale. I think he might be one of the better options. Um, Personally, I think that even though the Jazz do perform well in the regular season, you can't just promote your assistant coach because you don't have that playoff winning mentality. At least David Fisdale, he has some playoff experience and that winning playoff mentality. The Utah Jazz are the laughing stock of the postseason every year. I just think David Fisdale is going to be the best fit for this team. 
Yeah, I so, think. Oh, go, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Jeff. Okay. Um, so for me, Stotts is the most notable name here. But I think given the culture that Quinn Snyder established in Utah, I could see Alex Jensen given that opportunity since he's a current um, assistant for them. Yeah, I was just going to say the same thing. I think Terry Stotts is going to be one of the names to look out for for the position. Pronounced it right that time, Jeff. There you go. Proud of me. Proud of you. And say Stotts. <laughs> Stotts this time. But no, I saw they are going to interview Jason Terry, uh, current NBA G League head coach for the position. Terry ranks seventh all-time in three-pointers made, has won sixth man of the year, and has a ring with the Dallas Mavericks in his NBA career. So we'll see if G League coach turned head coach in Jason Terry might be a possibility. Isn't Jason Terry the guy that LeBron dunked on like really bad? Just one of the... Okay, I thought so. It is. Be pretty funny. AI stepped over Ty He coaches one of your favorite teams. Well, he goes my favorite player. I wouldn't say favorite team. Team you support. I do support them. The better team in L.A. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say that. Yeah. I mean, but L.A. is kind of, yeah. They're no. both pretty. Yeah. Wasn't a good year for either. It was It was rough. It was rough for them. Sticking so. with the Utah Jazz, though, let's talk about their best player, potential best player, star player, Donovan Mitchell. He had a close connection with Quinn Snyder. Trade talks were already looming. He has been an all-star the past three seasons and averages 23.9 points per game in his career. I asked you gentlemen for hypothetical trade ideas. What do you got for me? Okay, so I have a trade between our very own Cleveland Cavaliers and the Utah Jazz for Donovan Mitchell. And for me, I think that if we traded, and this is, again, all hypothetical, although I believe this should happen, uh, I think we should trade Colin Sexton, Laurie Markin and Isaac Okoro, as well as a couple draft picks, maybe a first round and a second round to get Donovan Mitchell. I think that clears up a little bit. Um, we don't really need Colin Sexton as much as I like Colin Sexton. I love You're him. Hurting my heart, Pat. We we don't need You're him hurting anymore. Me. We literally don't <laughs> need him anymore. Take out Lowry Markinen, and I'm totally cool with it. Okay, we'll take out Lowry Markinen. So it's just Colin Sexton, Isaac Okoro, and draft picks. Yeah. I'm How many draft picks? That's kind I mean, of a two... lot for a guy that hasn't made it past the second round. Well, Donovan Mitchell. Listen, I think he's a phenomenal player. I think that he can flourish under our system. And like I said, we don't really need Colin Sexton anymore. As much as I don't like saying that, we we don't need him anymore. So, Fansided had a trade idea that was with the Cavs for Donovan Mitchell. The Cavs receive Mitchell, and the Jazz receive Colin Sexton, a 2025 and 2027 first-round pick. They're not going to go for that little Jeez, for Donovan Mitchell. Two first-rounders and Colin Sexton for Donovan Mitchell? I'd well, be totally cool with it. I'd be I, fine with it too. I think that we would still have to throw in another player in there for the Jazz to actually. I'd be fine with throwing in Isaac Kuro. Yeah, I, I want to so get rid I. of Isaac Kuro so badly. <laughs> really? I just, I can't stand him. I remember when he got drafted. Everyone was calling him the next Kawhi Leonard. What yeah. happened to that? Yeah. Defensively, he's, defensively is a very yeah, he's great very good player. But offensively, he struggles a lot. Shown almost zero improvement offensively, yeah. and a guy that we picked that high, he's already had so many seasons into the NBA. I just want more out of him, and we're not getting that. I'd be fine with throwing him in, into that trade idea, but Colin Sexton, I think Donovan Mitchell is just like an instant improvement over Colin Sexton, so that's why I would say go ahead with this trade. And two first-round picks, sure, we could get some value out of those picks and the players we would get from them, but our team is already so young that I think we should just go ahead, pull the trigger, get a guy like Donovan Mitchell to replace Colin Sexton in the lineup, less injury-prone, get him with Darius Garland with the trees that we have on our lineup. I would love that pairing. I guess after thinking about it for a little bit, 
as much as I don't want to give up Colin Sexton because I love him, but I would I'm okay with that because Donovan Mitchell is better and the the two draft picks, like hypothetically, were supposed to be very good for the foreseeable future. So giving up late first round draft picks isn't the worst thing. But I do I don't really like giving up so much for a guy that hasn't made it past the second round. Um, so my hypothetical trade is to the Oklahoma City Thunder because. Like I said earlier, the Jazz have absolutely no draft capital, and Oklahoma City has a lot of that. Like, all of it. Yeah, they have all of it. <laughs> so, they have three first-round picks this year, uh, the Thunder do. So, I could see them giving up maybe the 12th pick and maybe Luke Dort for Donovan Mitchell. Maybe Mitchell can play the three because I think they want to keep Shea and Josh Giddy on that team. And I don't want to trade Donovan Mitchell for Shea Gildas-Alexander straight up because... Another problem the Jazz have is they don't have a lot of cap space, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander is actually more expensive than Donovan Mitchell. And Josh Giddy had a terrific uh, rookie season last year. I don't think they want to give him up, so I think they could put Donovan Mitchell at the three and still be okay. So I say Donovan Mitchell gets traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder for the 12th overall pick and Luke Dort. Yeah, I don't hate it. Now, with the with the picks this season, mm-hmm. or this draft, Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't it a thing that you can't trade the pick until you pick a player and then you trade the player? Or am I completely wrong? Yeah, I that? think I believe that's how it works. Okay. The NBA is weird. I don't I don't like that about yeah, it. I don't like it either. So they would trade the player that they pick at what was it, thirteen? Twelve. But I think the Jazz will tell the Thunder who they want them to pick. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it, w- it would still work out to their advantage, mm-hmm. but in uh, how it would actually work would be a little bit different. But, yeah. yeah, I don't hate it. I think that pairing in OKC would be pretty entertaining to watch. And they do have draft capital in future years as well. Mm-hmm. So maybe down the line, give it two or three years, OKC could be a threat. Um, we'll see what happens there. Other than the Cavs situation, though, I do have a different trade idea for Donovan Mitchell. So ESPN's Brian Windhorse said that 76ers president Daryl Morey has, quote, Big, giant plans to acquire another star alongside uh, Joel Embiid and James Harden. So this was a trade idea that I saw online. I had to alter it a little bit because the trade idea was actually false because draft picks just didn't work out. But it was Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, a 2024 first-round pick, and a 2026 first-round pick, and a second-round pick in 2026 for Donovan Mitchell. I think that's a big... Straight up? Yeah, I think that's a wow. big offer. That's a lot. But like that's if, almost too much. If Daryl Morey and the 76ers are desperate enough to add another star and to win now with him alongside their two current stars, I could see them doing something like this. Although Tyrese Maxey has shown a lot of uh, stuff in his first year. Well, I would say if they're going to acquire Mitchell, they'd have to give up Maxey because they play the exact same position. Right. And Maxey would be less expensive for Utah, so Utah would be okay with that, I think. But... What was it, three, three, four picks? Yeah, it was Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris, 2024 first, 2026 first and second. Yeah, I don't know if I want to give up two of my best players and three draft picks. That's a yeah, lot. That's a I'm lot. not a fan of it, but I think it could happen. It and that's could. why it could. I brought it up. I mean, the 76ers, if they have the plans, Don Mitchell is one of the stars that they should just send be James on the Harden table. over there because he's not doing anything anyway. <laughs> 
Uh, I don't know. <laughs> would, you rather, uh, would you rather have James Harden with Joel Embiid or Donovan Mitchell with Donovan Joel Donovan Mitchell with Joel Embiid. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. then who's going to pass the ball? I mean, Donovan Mitchell's not a bad passer, but he's not a natural point guard like James Harden has developed into, I think. Well, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I just think Donovan Mitchell, honestly, I think playoff-wise, Donovan Mitchell always plays very well. Even though the Jazz can't make it right. very far, I think Donovan Mitchell himself always plays very well where James Harden completely falls off the face of the earth when it comes time for the playoffs. I'm just thinking, like, yeah. if you're looking for the postseason, I think Donovan Mitchell's more reliable than James Harden is. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell never made it out in the second round, like Jeff said, but James Harden can also be really inconsistent in the playoffs, and even in the regular season, that is. So we'll see what happens with Utah, not only head coach-wise, but with Donovan Mitchell. Let's talk about the NBA Finals. Game 2, I believe, happened on Monday. The Warriors won 107-88 to at home to tie the series 1-1. Real quick, any takeaways from Game 2? What a dominating performance by the Golden State Warriors. I mean, that game honestly kind of sums up how everybody thought this finals was going to go. The Warriors absolutely dominated the Celtics. Wasn't any surprise to see there Steph Curry doing what Steph does, Clay Thompson doing what Clay does. Nothing was new from that game. Uh, for me, Golden State is owned the third quarter historically. As of recently, they outscored Boston 35-14 to in the third in Game 2. Jalen Brown started off 4 for 6 in the, in the first quarter for 13 points, but then finished 5 for 17 for 17 points. And Jason Tatum played like Jason Tatum usually does with 28 points and only 3 assists, but had a plus or minus of 36. And that stood out to me because in Game 1, Jason Tatum had 13 assists, and they won, and he shot 3 for 17, which isn't that's not normal for Jason Tatum. And this game, he had 28 points, only 3 assists, so playing like Jason Tatum but plus or minus of negative 36. Yeah, for me, in Game 2, the Warriors shot 45.3% as a team, and they outscored the Celtics by 16 in the paints. I thought that was impressive right there. And then Jason Tatum, like you said, a great game for him. Although 8 for 19 shooting, not the best, but you can't hate it with a 28-point scored, and you mentioned that plus minus. They did fall 1-1 series tied game three they take the series lead again take a 2-1 series lead they beat the Warriors 116-100 at home any takeaways on game three I thought that the Celtics played very well as a team Uh, they shot 48.3% from the field to the Warriors 46.2 not that big of a difference but when you look at it obviously in terms of the points it's a pretty big difference there Um, the Warriors did best them in three-point shooting by .4 but I mean honestly I think the Warriors downfall this game was Draymond Green. He played 35 minutes, only scored two points, and uh, he fouled out. So keep doing what you're doing, Draymond. Um, For the Celtics, I mean, Jason Tatum, he went 9 for 23, 26 points. Not great by any means, but also not horrible. Jalen Brown was ultimately the reason they kind of won that game, in my opinion. Um, They took the 2-1 lead, and I was a big fan to see that because I actually have the Celtics winning the finals still. Interesting. Jeff, anything on me for Game 3? So while the Warriors have owned the third quarter, Boston has owned the fourth quarter so far in these playoffs, and they held Golden State to only 11 points in the fourth quarter in Game 3. Like you said earlier, Pat, Jason Tatum shot 9 of 23, but had 9 assists. And in Jason Tatum's two highest assisting games, they've won. And that's just really weird to me because you don't think of Jason Tatum as a facilitator. And then, like you said also, Pat, Jalen Brown... 9 for 16 for 27 points, 9 rebounds, and 5 assists. Yeah, not much to add myself. 
Pat, you mentioned the shooting percentage for the Celtics as a team. They also out-rebounded, had more assists, and had fewer turnovers than the Warriors. They take the 2-1 series lead. But with Game 3, we got to talk about the fans. Warriors head coach Steve Kerr and Clay Thompson called Boston fans classy after the game. And Draymond Green's wife, Hazel Renee, called out Boston fans in a long social media post. She also added that Warriors fans would never... Guys, what do you listen make from this whole fan first controversy? Of all, first of all, if you're a professional athlete, grow up. Fans are going to heckle you. Grow up. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Seriously, just yeah. grow up. Don't, don't be soft. People are going to try to get under your skin to get in your head. It is what it is. And Warriors fans wouldn't do that. Are you kidding me? Yeah, right. Are you kidding me? <laughs> are the Warriors hypocrites for Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Kind of like 100%. More than 100%. I agree with Pat 100%. You're playing in an NBA Finals game on the road. What do you expect? And the same thing happens in San Francisco. You just don't say anything about it because they're doing it for you, not to you. So just just shut up. Yeah. Grow up. Seriously. Especially when it was Draymond Green's wife. Right. (laughs) Come on. Out of all the players that's going to complain, really? Yeah. That's all I have to say. I mean, it's, it's embarrassing, but seriously, just grow up. Uh, Draymond's a grown man. He is a grown man. I think. So with, like, fan controversies in the past, um, most recently, like, the New York Yankees and Cleveland Guardians incident with Oscar Mercado in the outfield, I was more so on the fan should be better with exactly what was said. And I'm still on that side. But when it comes to the NBA Finals, especially the Warriors here, absolutely hypocritical. And I agree with you guys. They should just know better. They should grow up take it and it's just it's a reality of the game it, it's different I wish if it's fans like better, a, if but. it's like a regular season game on like a wednesday or something right like mm-hmm. that's completely yeah. different okay then it's like okay then maybe if something's being said that might be uncalled for because this game doesn't really matter that much but you're talking about the nba finals like this is the biggest stage you can possibly be on as a basketball player yeah things are going to be said and Steph even saying, like, the locker room smelled like champagne a year after winning the finals in Cleveland. Like, they know what they're doing. They say it themselves as players, the whole organization, even fans, of course, heckling players. Uh, there's videos out there of fans heckling LeBron James walking out of one of the games in the finals. It happens. Warriors fans can be the worst at it. And for their players to bash on Boston fans, it just kind of made me laugh a little bit. What more can I say? But... This does lead us into our Around the Rue for this week where we debate around the table and bring it to you via our Twitter page at WZIP Sports. Last week we killed it. This week we're still bringing the heat. And talking about fans, this week's question is, what's the worst fan base in sports? So we're going to give you four options. I did some research. Uh, Some of these fans lists were on multiple lists, but... I think these are the four best options. We have Boston fans, which are Celtics, Patriots, Red Sox, and Bruins fans. We have the San Francisco fans, which are Warriors, 49ers, and Giants fans. We have New York fans, who are Yankees, Mets, Giants, Jets, Islanders, and Rangers fans. Lots of teams right there. And then lastly, we have Philadelphia fans, which are the Eagles, Phillies, 76ers, and Flyers, Pat. I'll give it to you first. Worst fan base in sports. Go ahead as I get this poll up on Twitter. First of all, I'm very surprised you didn't put Pittsburgh on there. But So thank you for that. 
I really do appreciate it. Uh, like I said, I was surprised that Philadelphia was on so many lists because I was kind of questioning what four teams really. put in there. Well, because I knew I was going to do Boston, San Fran, and New York. Yeah. I just couldn't think of the fourth team, and then I kept on seeing Philly on multiple different lists, whether that be NBC, Bleacher Report. So I was okay. like, you know what? Let's put them at number four. So first of all, I'm already going to take San Francisco and Philadelphia fans off this list. I. I have to give it to Boston fans. I really do. I think they are the absolute worst. It's really close between them and New York fans. Don't get me wrong. But I just think Boston fans are way worse. They're so full of themselves. They think that every win that, like, I don't know. I don't even know how to, like, describe it. It. They're just rude. They're ignorant. New York fans are close, though. The only reason I held back on New York is because I don't think Mets fans are that bad. <laughs> Yankees fans, on the other hand, yeah, they're pretty bad. But that's that's the extent I'll give it. Boston, you have the worst fan base in all of sports. I would have to say that it, it also came down to Boston and New York for me. But I'm going to go with New York because they have more sports teams than Boston, which does increase you know the level of bad fandom there, I think. And also, New York is the biggest market in the United States. And I think because of that, New York... Um, sports fans might think that they're entitled to more than what they actually are. And I think that they can be extremely critical at times as well. So I went with New York. But because we're not doing individual, like, sports teams here. If we're doing wanna, individual teams, I right. would immediately hand the flag to Alabama. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> Straight one. Straight up. That's I would, a good one. I would hand the flag to Alabama if that, if that was coming down to that. Um, Notre Dame. As well, yeah, I don't know. Notre Dame fans are just sad. That was on a ton of lists, actually. Really, I imagine. I I understand why. I get it. Yeah, I do yeah. too. Um, but another one I want to bring up is uh, the Miami Heat, because like <laughs> their fans will just sit here and say we're the Heat, like heat it's supposed culture. to mean something, and then they'll heat say culture. Heat culture whenever somebody tries to throw shade at them, like that's supposed <laughs> to be important or something. Hey, show, let's show up to the game twenty minutes late, right? Leave twenty yeah. minutes early. Jimmy Butler's heat that culture, dude. man. Come on, heat oh, culture, my. heat culture. That's better, man. Not to mention the constant bring up of Udonis has been. Udonis um, <laughs> has been. Dude, he is the heart and soul of heat culture, bro. Dude, he, he acted like he played a minute in that series. He man. was so mad, and it's like, you did not. He's the heart of the, <laughs> he's the heart of the team. I don't know what you're talking about. Udonis has some? Come oh, on. He's a glorified water boy at this point. That's straight up. Hey, I mean, <laughs> don't disrespect heat culture like that. I know I have to a little it's bit. It's so important in the sports world. It, it has so much gravity towards it. Yeah. Truthfully, you can't say anything about it. No. Nope. It's just... Right. You, the only, the yeah. None of us Trump would card. know. None of us would know because right. we're not Heat fans. Right. So we just do Honestly, just Logan, know. thank you for spreading your knowledge to us. We appreciate <laughs> yeah. it. Another thing we learned today. Right. Um, yeah. that. And rubber trees. The more you know. Come on. Okay. Also, like, on a more serious note, the one reason I didn't pick New York is because I think the factory of sadness that is their entire football teams up there save them because uh yeah i don't like the patriots a lot yeah. i also don't like their fans a lot i think that was like a pivotal thing for me yeah yeah <laughs> are well, you reading it too I'm, I'm reading it. Before, <laughs> before we go to break uh i gotta get my my pick i'm going with jeff here i also agree new really? york fans are the worst is this is this because of the yankees thing yeah mostly oh, okay, okay. I, I can't stand yankees fans in general and what they did with They're, the guardians this season yeah. just took it over the top i for mean me. honestly yankees fans that's like the only bad fan base i can really name in yeah. new york like the mets are oh, all right the jets and giants they're just sad all the time right 
Islanders hockey, also and Rangers. Sad. I don't really know eh, much about Rangers. Hockey, Rangers is iffy, but that's because I have a personal reason for not liking well, the Rangers. Well, they just lost, right? Yeah, yeah not happy not. about that. Yeah. I hate Tampa Bay a lot. The Lightning versus the Avs? Who do you have in that? Yeah, the Lightning. I'm sorry. Dan, I know Dan. you're listening. I'm so sorry. I know Go we Avs. both want the Avs to win. Go Avs. That's all I got But we say. know the outcome here. But yeah, I have New York fans here. I just can't stand them. Yankees fans, it's like that whole America's team kind of slogan thing. I almost put Dallas instead of Philly because oh, of the yeah. Cowboys. The Cowboys. But I feel like it's only the, the Cowboys. Are here. Right. And that, that's why I went Phillies because even, or Philly, because the Phillies have also had some fan controversies in the past. But I'm, I'm not even going to lie to you. I would have, personally, I would have put Pittsburgh in there. And that's coming from a Steelers fan. I know that we are horrible people. Trust yeah. me, I know. Yeah, I've, I've, that's fair. I've been witness to how we treat fans, especially Browns fans. So from a Steelers fan, I apologize on behalf of my team. It's been a not-so-fun 21 years of Browns misery with Steelers fans, but, hey, it's all turning around, <laughs> right? I'm going New York. Jeff, you went New York. Boston. Pat, you went Boston. Yeah. Boston was number two for me. I'm not going to lie. It was, it was so close yeah. because they're both equally. Yeah. We could just put the whole northeast of the Ohio or of the Ohio states. What am I talking about? The United States. The whole northeast <laughs> of the United States fan base is garbage. Yeah. Well, be better. Be like Cleveland. We are well overdue for our last break of today's show. Quick score update for the Guardians. They're still leading 3-1. to one. Head over to our Twitter page at WZIP Sports, though. The poll is live. A nice little graphic there as well. Oh, so fans. So go vote for that. It'll be open five days. We'll reveal the results on next week's show. And stick with us here at WZIP. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the MLB and the Guardians and also finish our discussion on the NBA Finals. We'll preview and predict tomorrow night's Game 5. Don't go anywhere. Hello again, everyone. We are back with more Sports Power Talk, the best sports talk show this side of Lake Erie. We only have 23 minutes left in today's show. I'm your host. I'm Jake Marin. I'm joined by Pat Weber. Let's go guards. And Jeff Longville. Good afternoon. All right, guys. I have a bone to pick. I also... Okay, can I say my thing before you? Yeah, go right ahead, Pat. So... Uh, our very own Logan Congrove forgot to mention last show that he and I lost a, uh, a little game between Jeff and former director of Sports of here, Kyle Molinelli. Uh, Logan, how's that uh, Baker jersey coming? I got mine ordered. <laughs> I got mine ordered. I'm I'm owning up to my end of You're the deal. You're welcome, world. So the whole the whole thing was that if if Logan and I lost in a game of Pong to Jeff and Kyle, then I would have to buy and wear a Baker Mayfield Browns jersey, and Logan would have to buy and wear a Baker Mayfield either Oklahoma jersey or Texas Tech jersey. But if we beat Kyle and Jeff, then Kyle had to buy and wear a TJ Watt jersey, and Jeff had to buy and wear a Michigan Aiden Hutchinson jersey. Unfortunately, Logan and I lost. I've already upholding my end of the deal, and I know when I asked that uh, he didn't bring it up last time, so... I would. You should get on that, yeah. Logan. You should. You he should says really get he's on that. ordering it Wednesday. Okay. Well, I've already. I already have it when mine. I see it. I need a receipt. Mm-hmm. That's what I need. Well, my mine. bones pick is also with one Logan Congrove. Even when he's <laughs> not on the show, the villain of mine it comes up. He tweets at me all the time, <laughs> all the time, daily. This time, saying Kyrie and the hashtag Heat's culture when. 
I don't know if there's been anybody more adamant against Kyrie Irving up here at the station than Logan Congrove. So I don't really understand why Logan wants Kyrie for the Heat when he doesn't even like Kyrie. Makes no sense to me. I mean, he also wanted Russell Westbrook over Kyle Lowry, yeah, which doesn't. Yeah, that's a, yeah no. He yeah. wants Russell it's Westbrook. So, it's, it's okay, Logan. We still love you. Even now if, he wants Kyrie Irving, who he said on these very airwaves that he can't stand and doesn't like. Right. Doesn't like LeBron James either, so what are we going to do? It, it's okay. We love you, Logan. It, it's yeah. okay. Let's, let's wrap up our NBA talk, though, because we have lots of baseball to cover. Only 20 minutes left in the show. We'll get through it all this time, I promise. But let's go to Game 5 tomorrow night, 9 p.m. The series is tied 2-2. Who do you guys have winning tomorrow night and really the rest of the series? I have the Boston Celtics. Despite the fact that I stated last segment that I think Boston has the worst sports fans, I saw the Celtics in six. I just think that the Warriors came into this postseason a little too cocky. Yes, they won the last game. They managed to squeeze that out in the last about four minutes of the game. I think that Boston's going to come back into this. They're going to be hot. They're going to be ready. Jason Tatum's going to be ready to take over, and they're going to win this game and the series. I will take the Warriors at home. I understand that Boston has been very good on the road this postseason and very good after a loss. But I don't see Golden State dropping a second or two out of three games at home in this series to Boston. Uh, I think that Clay Thompson got going in the second half, and I think that'll carry over into Game Five. And I gotta believe Draymond Green is gonna play better at some point. And yeah. I, mean, I, I have to believe, right? I have to believe it's gonna happen, right? He's just. All over the place. Yeah, he is. Straight um, up. So I will take the Warriors, but I won't be surprised if Boston wins. Yeah, I'm going to take the Warriors as well. Steph Curry has been averaging 34.3 points per game in the series on 50% shooting. I'll take the Warriors at home after taking the momentum on the road with a game four win. And I also have them winning game six. Winning as, as do I. Um, Stephen Curry has been... He's been playing out of his mind. There's no doubt he's going to win finals MVP if Golden State wins. Um, I have the Warriors in 6-2, like you said, Jake, but it will not surprise me at all if Boston gets this to 7 because, again, how well they've played and responded after losing. So if it goes to 7, I won't be surprised, but I'll still have the Warriors winning no matter what. Yeah, they were down 2-1 in 2015 before winning three straight games to beat the Cavs in the finals. You mean LeBron. You don't mean the Cavs. Yeah, I guess you're right. (laughs) Timofey Mozgov, though. Timofey Mozgov. Yeah. But no, they did it in 2015. I see them running it back this year as well. All right. Let's talk about baseball, shall we? My favorite segment, 18 minutes left. We're going to roll through some of this stuff, have player of the week, and some all-star ballots being revealed here. But let's start with some breaking news this week out of L.A. The Angels fired manager Joe Madden. He was there for less than three seasons, and the Angels have had six consecutive sub 500 seasons they fired him after their losing streak was at 12 games and they finally won a game after 14 straight losses what were you guys' takeaways from the firing of joe madden i think it was a long time coming honestly especially when you hit a losing streak of that long with the talent that the angels do have um that's just simply unacceptable i think um and I think it was a good move. I'm glad they finally managed to put an end to that losing streak because it was starting to get kind of hard. It was it was hard to watch at points. 
So for me, I'm a bit confused because according to Joe Madden himself, uh, there apparently was no finger pointing or dissension throughout that 12-game losing streak the Angels went on. But again, he could just be saying that to cover himself. Uh, but I think it is possible that he could have been fired just as the fall guy because the Angels might have looked at this situation and, and been like, well, uh, we can't really figure out what the problem is, so let's just do the obvious thing and fire our manager. Yeah, makes sense. Logan Congrove just tweeted at me again. Just can't get enough of me today. I, I, Are you able to read it? Um, He said that I eat cereal with a fork. Yeah. That's tough. Man, that's, you, that's you, on you, Hold power. on. It's possible to do that and just drink the milk after. You can totally do that. But that would be awful. That, be, that's it's on not, par. It's not ethical, really, but... That's on par could. with being told you eat pizza with a spoon. <laughs> I'm still... Love I'm, still I'm still upset about that. I'm still never heard of that one. <laughs> Wait, wait! You didn't know about that? I don't think I've ever heard that one. No, I missed. I missed the meeting because I, I was at I was at one of the basketball games and I forgot we had a meeting. So then Kyle made it mandatory to have everybody roast people that missed it. So Dan told me I ate pizza with a spoon. Dan is the goat at those kind Love of disses. Yeah. I'm still a little upset about that. That <laughs> kind of hurt my pride a little bit. Yeah. Well, talking about the Angels last night, they beat the Mets eleven to six, and Jared Walsh hit for a cycle with an eighth-inning triple. This was the ninth cycle in Angels history. Great job by Jared Walsh. And 11 runs scored, beating the Mets, who are the best team in the NL right now. Record-wise, speaking of the Mets, speaking of cycles, Eduardo Escobar hit for the cycle with a triple in the ninth inning against the Padres on Monday night. The Mets are 39-22, and 5-5 five and five in their last 10. Like I said, holding the best record in the NL. What do you guys make of the Mets so far this year? Are they going to stay favorites in the NL? Do the Dodgers potentially pass them? What do you guys think? I think they're going to be neck and neck when it comes down to that between them and the Dodgers. I just think that personally, I think once Jacob deGrom comes back, the Mets are going to be so much better. If he comes back, yeah, we'll see. If. Uh, yeah, that is true, if. But, I mean, they're playing phenomenal, like, very, very well right now. And yeah. um, Dodgers just lost Walker Bueller. Okay. Six, I think six months or so. Maybe I six, think I saw that. I think yeah. it was six to eight weeks. But so that's a tough loss for them. For the Dodgers might regress a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Mets right now should be favorites. Interesting, Jeff. Anything, Dad? I could also see it coming down to the Mets and the Dodgers. I think, like Pat said, it'll be neck and neck, and we'll see how these, these injuries kind of affect that in the standings. Yeah, I agree. Plus, the NL East is on fire. The Braves are on a 10-game winning streak. The Phillies are on a 9-game winning streak. And the Marlins are on a 5-game winning streak. So their division is on fire right now. And they could even potentially drop to the Braves right now with Ronald Acuna playing lights out. So we'll see what happens in the NL. Personally, I like the Dodgers winning the NL. Uh, I don't think the Mets will be able to keep up. And the it's Mets, all about the Mets, baby. Yeah, plus, the Mets have more turmoil in their division itself than the Dodgers do. So we'll see what happens there. But it's time for our Player of the Week segment where each of us picks one MLB player to feature for Player of the Week regardless of position and could be for accomplishments on or off the field. Pat, I'll give it to you first. Do you have the floor? Who's your Player of the Week? I have to give it to our very own Jose Ramirez, ah. the MVP of the AL, calling it now, played very well this week, tallied a total of seven hits so far, accompanied with two home runs and three RBIs, playing very well. Jose, I love you. We all love you. 
LFM two, but I would put a different Guardians player ahead. <laughs> I think I know who you're gonna pick. It's like not, it's actually not, but he was my runner up. Okay, I'll give you that. We'll we'll, okay. we'll reveal it in a second, Jeff. I got to go to you first though. So mine's a bit odd. Yadier Molina. Did I say that right? You did. Yep. Okay, cool, awesome. Um, Cardinals catcher. Did step to the mound while getting blown out by the Tampa Bay Rays to record his first career strikeout. He struck out Isaac Paredes on only three pitches, too. Ooh, so okay. I just thought that was a bit interesting. In his retirement year, mm-hmm. too. So good so for Molina. Good for him. A little bit of an interesting pick there for player of the week. So, Pat, I believe we're talking about Oscar Gonzalez here. Is that not who you were thinking about? I was thinking Andres Jimenez. So that was another name. Okay. I would have put... I would have put Oscar Gonzalez and Andre Semenes over Jose Ramirez for okay. player of the week. And I was really close to picking Gonzalez. Super, super close. But I went with Luis Arise from the Twins. His last seven games, he's batted 519 with Ooh. two home runs, including a grand slam last night with seven RBIs. This season, in 180 at bats, he's batting 367 which is leading the league in batting average with three home runs, 19 RBIs, and an 893 OPS. You're batting over 500 this week. Yeah, you're getting player of the week. I was super close to picking Oscar Gonzalez, like I said, but I got to give it to Luis Arise here for not only leading the MLB in batting average, but playing lights out this week, having two of his three home runs on the entire year coming in his past seven games. But... Let's move on. Let's get into our all-star game ballots. So ballots are open. Everybody can go vote for the all-star game. You get five votes a day. And everybody, please just go vote for the Guardians. They need all the votes yes. they can get. There's some close ones, like even Jose Ramirez How might is be that a close? lock. We'll, we'll get How? into it. We'll get into it. Okay. I don't think it's close, but... I have a bone to pick with anybody who thinks Jose Ramirez shouldn't be well, automatically a lock. I agree with you, but fans for the other player that could be considered might outvote us. That's my biggest concern. But we'll get into it. Let's get into the first pick, first base, AL. Who do you guys have? So I have Jose Abreu. I think he's kind of a lock. Because honestly, it was between him or Vladdy, but Vladimir is just not playing as well as he has been in the past. I think first round pick on my fantasy team. That's, Hate to ooh. see it. Yeah. Yeah, you know who I picked first on my fantasy team? Mike Trout. Jose no. Ramirez. Oh, yeah, Jose, I got yeah, Mike yeah. Trout like the seventh round. So yeah, I knew you had him. Mike Trout. That's why I asked. But, but uh, I think Jose Abreu is the best first baseman right now in the American League. Um, playing very well for the White Sox. Contributes to their success with them being at first. So I want to give it to them. All right. Jeff? So for first base, I have Luis Ar- Arias. Arise. Arise. Okay. Yep. Um, 367 batting average, three home runs, 19 RBIs. And an 893 OPS. And then Paul Goldschmidt. For uh, the NL? Mm-hmm. 327 batting average, 12 home runs, 47 RBIs, 988 OPS. Yeah, completely agree with you, Jeff. I have Luis Arise, my player of the week, as my all-star first baseman for the AL. First in batting average in the league, like I've said time and time again. And then, again, Paul Goldschmidt for the NL. He is fifth in batting average and fourth in RBIs in the league. Had that insane hitting streak as well. And he's up there in terms of NL MVP. Who do you have for first base in the NL, Pat? So I have Pete Alonzo. Just yeah, I don't I hate that he, can, he contributes so much to the Mets. Also, I want to correct myself. I didn't realize that the White Sox were no longer in first. I would check the standings in a little bit. They are in third. They are in They're third. Us, so I would yes. like to correct myself on that statement. 
But Jose Abreu still contributes a lot to the White Sox. But I picked Pete Alonso because he's one of the best bats in the league. And he contributes a lot of power, gets a lot of home runs for the Mets, and he's contributing a lot to their success this season. All right, well, let's go to our next position, second base. We'll do AL and NL from here on out. Jeff, I'll go to you first this time. Second base, Jose Altuve, the better Jose. Ooh, How does it make you guys feel? Get out of here. The better Jose. <laughs> for NL. And then Jeff McNeil with a 312 uh, batting average, three home runs, 28 RBIs, and an 800 OPS. Okay. So, Pat? unfortunately, I also have Jose Altuve at second base. Yes. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. I'm, you if, if, you could, if you could name a second baseman that's better than him right now. I will. In the AL. Okay. I will. I'm excited to hear it. But then for the NL, I have Jake Cronenworth of the Padres. I think that with the abscess, absence of Fernando Tatis, that Jake Cronenworth and Manny Machado have stepped up greatly. And I think that Jake Cronenworth is one of the most valuable players on that team right now without Fernando Tatis being there. You ready, Pat? Okay. Second baseman that's better than Jose Altuve? Okay. Andres Jimenez. You know, I knew you were going to say that, and I'm not mad about it <laughs> because I like it more than Jose Altuve. It's just that I feel like Jose Altuve is, this, is like the safe pick for a second baseman in the All-Star He's game. the best player in the MLB. Uh, that is... I know you're trolling, but it's still like annoys me. No, I'm a big Astros guy. I know okay. what I'm talking about. Okay. Then you should okay. buy an Astros jersey. Name five. I'm not a name, <laughs> No, name five players on the Astros. Don't. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I submit. Uh, Jose. Okay. Jordan. Okay. Justin. Okay, you're not even naming last names. No, 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 no. Eyes up. Eyes up. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, Andre Semenez though for second base, three hundred three batting average, seven home runs, thirty one RBIs, eight sixty two OPS. He's got better stats than Jose Altuve. Not as much playing time, but this man Hogwash. in in oh, second Hogwash. baseman stats, he's one of the best Listen, ones in I, the AL. I completely agree, but what from my point of view though, you have to think of how the voting is going to end up. Right, and I think we're not going to get. Mm-hmm. We're not, we're not going to get what we want. It's probably going to be Altuve. Yeah. But in terms of who deserves it, I'm giving it to Andre Semenez. For the NL, though, I have Jazz Chisholm here. A little bit of a low batting average at 257, kind of average there. But 12 home runs, 40 RBIs, 10 stolen bases. This man is the heart and soul of the Miami Marlins. And he's going to be a future guy in the MLB for a long time. He's just electric when he steps on the field. Let's talk third basemans, though. Who do you have? I think we're all going to agree. Maybe not Jeff because he likes to be outlandish sometimes. <laughs> but, Pat, for, I'll go to you. For the AL, at third base, I have your future MVP, Jose Ramirez. Thank you. The real king of Ohio, Joey Votto, you're dethroned. Jose Ramirez is way better than you will ever be, ever. And for the NL? For the NL, I have Nolan Arenado. I think that kind of speaks for itself that he is kind of, I don't say the heart and soul right now of the Cardinals, but he kind of is. He's definitely the one on fire every game. He's the only really consistent player right now for them. Um, and he just stepped up big time this year, so yeah. I got I got to give him the respect that he deserves. Cardinals still have Tommy Edmond and Paul Goldschmidt, so I give it to somebody else there, but I do understand some of the reasoning there. Third baseman, though, Jeff. Go ahead. I I do have Jose Ramirez. Yes. Yes. The inferior Jose. Mm. No, 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 no. You know, I don't I don't I don't care that his OPS is over one. Yeah. All two of yeah. is still better. One point zero three six OPS mm-hmm. leading the league in RBIs. And this is what I was mentioning, Pat. 
I think some of the votes could go to Raphael Devers. Oh, I didn't think about that. Mm. Boston Devers, fans, you're horrible. Devers has been playing very well, and you know how Boston fans are. I think, I, in my honest opinion, he deserves it, and I think it will be Jose Ramirez. But it should be. And if it's not Boston fans, you are yeah. terrible people. Devers is right there, too. I do have Manny Machado here for third okay. base. Mm-hmm. Uh, 320 batting average, 10 home runs, 37 RBIs. Eighth in the league in batting average as well. Let's go to shortstop here. Let's run through these. I have Xander Bogarts and Trey Turner. Pat, who do you have? I have Carlos Correa and Willie Adamas. Wow, Willie Adamas has been injured for some time. I know, but I still think I still think he'll get the votes for it. He was playing very well before his injury. Yeah, a little bit of a low batting average, but definitely has the pop in his bat. Jeff, who do you have? Uh, real quick, my other um, oh, yeah, third, third baseman, baseman is Manny Machado. Okay, makes um, sense. Shortstop, I have Xander Bogarts and former Cleveland, at the time they were the Indians, Francisco Lindor. Mm. Yeah, not a bad pick either. I could see yeah, Lindor picking up a lot of votes. Outfielders, let's start with the AL. We have three votes here. I have Aaron Judge, Mike Trout, and Joshua Naylor. Okay. I have Byron Buxton, Aaron Judge, and our very favorite left fielder for the Cleveland Guardians, Stephen Kwan. Interesting. I had to throw my favorite player in baseball in there with Josh I Naylor, it. I even though throw... he kind of costed us the game yesterday. Yeah. I mean, I, I had to throw Stephen Kwan in there because I love Stephen He's kind of back. He's starting to come back. back. I'm happy for that. Yeah. All right, Jeff, three outfielders for the AL. I have Austin Hayes, Aaron Judge, obviously, and Manuel Margot. Okay. Yeah, I think Aaron Judge is a lock. Mike Trout, he's had that slump, but his batting average is still at 294, still pretty high in home runs and OPS as well. I expect him just to get a lot of votes for his namesake. And then Josh Naylor, been one of the bright spots for the Guardians this year. Also, he's my favorite player, so I'm putting him right in there as well. Outfielders for the NL, though. Pat, I'll go to you first. So I have Adam Duvall, Starling Marte, and Nick Castellanos. Okay. Jeff? I have Ronald Acuna, Mookie Betts, and Mark Canna. Yeah. Cool. I have Ronald Acuna Jr., Mookie Betts, and Starling Marte. Marte has kind of been that third piece with Lindor and Alonzo in that Mets lineup. And then I think Acuna Jr. and Betts are locks in those positions. Acuna has come back on fire. Mookie Betts has shown some glimpses of his Red Sox days right now with the Dodgers. But let's wrap this up with catcher and DH. Jeff, I'll go to you first this time for catcher. Jose Trevino and Tyler Stevenson. All right. This is going to sound a little odd, but I have Tucker Barnhart and Travis Darnold. (laughs) When you when you said it was going to be odd, I thought you were going to say Austin Hedges. Oh no, absolutely not! I <laughs> I was like, oh goodness, what are we getting ourselves no, into? No, absolutely not, Austin Hedges. I do not like you. Yeah. Please do never don't pick up a bat for the Guardians. You can pick up a bat for like the Rubber Ducks. I like him as a bench but, piece because he was mic'd up for that one YouTube game and he showed a lot of his passion and fire, which was cool. But no, on the field, he's not that great of a yeah, player. He's not. For catcher, though, I have Alejandro Kirk for the Blue Jays. 325 batting average is ridiculous for a catcher. And then I have Tyler Stevenson as well for the Reds. I don't know if any Reds are going to be all stars. Jonathan India might. He might sneak uh, yeah, in there. I don't know his stats this year um, off the top of my head, but Tyler Stevenson, 305 batting average, five home runs, 31 RBIs. Been one of the few bright spots for a terrible Reds team this year. Let's wrap it up, though. DH, Jeff, who do you have? 
Uh, I have Bryce Harper and then Jordan Alvarez, which I do know his name. I'm just on such a personal level that I only call them by their first names. Oh, okay. got, I'm very clearly a big Astros fan, guys. <laughs> I don't know what the slander is all about. <laughs> Pat, so I have uh, Daniel Vogelbach from the Pirates and Shohei Otani. Oh, get out of here. Listen, you can't not put Shohei in here. You know, know, you know he's going to end up on the roster. He'll probably be like a backup piece, but I don't yeah, think yeah. he deserves to be a starter this year. I still think he, I, th- I think he's going to end up getting it because of mm-hmm. how popular he is. We'll see. For DH, I agree with Jeff 100%. I have Jordan Alvarez and Bryce Harper. Wouldn't be surprised if J.D. Martinez picks up for AL, though. Uh, Martinez has the second-best batting average in the entire league, but Gordon Alvarez, he's been playing like a beast, too, so I do have him as a DH for the AL. Before we sign off today from the Dominican Republic, in his 60 at-bats this season, his batting average is 417, 6 RBIs, 993 OPS. Last seven games, batting 481 with 13 hits. He's 8-12 and 12 in the series against the A's. I'm not sure how he's doing today, though. Um, I can check that real quick. He's actually 0 for 2 today, so a little bit less on the stats there. But Oscar Gonzalez, or as they say, SpongeBob is his nickname, <laughs> comes up to the, the SpongeBob theme song. I'm assuming that's why, but... Stat that's via, awesome. I yeah, love that. Yeah, stat via Ryan Lewis on Twitter. Gonzalez now has 25 hits in his first 15 games, the most hits for a Cleveland player in their first 15 games to begin a career in franchise history. This man has so much Yasiel Puig in him with the cannon of an arm, the frame, the body of work with some power that I think is going to come soon, but the contact that he puts on the ball and doing so in clutch situations, absolutely love what I've seen out of Oscar Gonzalez so far. And honestly, Fran Reyes might be expendable. Oh, he's definitely expendable. Fran yeah. fell off a cliff going into this season. Yeah, I completely agree. All right, well, that will do it for today's show. We talked about the Browns, NFL news, NFC rankings, NBA news, the NBA finals, and the MLB with the latest on our Cleveland Guardians who are playing right now. They're winning 3-1. to one. Any last thoughts on today's show, gentlemen? Fantastic show. I'm glad that I got to spread my very wealthy knowledge of my favorite baseball team, the Houston Astros. Uh, Logan is stupid, and I can't (laughs) wait to see he and Pat in their Baker Mayfield jerseys. For me, as always, go Zips, go Guardians, go Cavs, go Steelers. Uh, I also agree with the statement that Logan is stupid right now, and I actually do look forward to getting, that'll be like a really good picture to have. Of us wearing our Baker Mayfield jerseys. That'll put a smile on everyone's faces but ours because we do not like Baker Mayfield. Uh, What are the odds you post it on IG as well? Probably. We'll we'll play again. We'll play again. We'll we'll play again for that. We'll play again for that. I expect to be tweeted at least 10 more times this week (laughs) by Logan Congrove. I agree with your guys' sentiments on him. But for me, I would have to say go Browns, even though I couldn't be more conflicted and distraught. By the current status of our team, the NBA Finals are actually more entertaining than I thought they would be. Go Guardians. Hopefully they win today and continue their winning ways this upcoming week on the road against the Rockies and Dodgers. Also, the UFC fan in me, I got to mention the wild UFC pay-per-view last night, UFC 275. Congrats to Yuri Prohaska on a wild win to claim the title fight of the year contender right there. And congrats to Yuwana Yanjershik on a great career. I went 4-0 with my picks this week. 
Alex Henry went three and one, so I'm finally back in the win column, making up some ground on Alex Henry's sports book. Many of you already know, but if you want more content from WZIP Sports, you can check out our podcast, SBT Rewind and SBT Overtime on all streaming platforms. And follow us on Twitter at WZIP Sports. We killed it last week with Around the Rue, so thank you for that, and let's keep that going with this week's question. Joining me for today's show were Patrick Weber and Jeff Longville. I'm Jake Murren. We will see you next week, same time and place for more SPT. Until then, be kind and have a great Sunday.